Hi, welcome to the Holes of Mark show. And today I am talking to Greg Fanetic. Greg is a co-founder along with his wife Kathy, a lead investigator of paranormal team Tri-C Ghost Hunters, based in Ohio. He was a Twinsburg, Ohio police officer for 29 years, retiring in 2011. He's been studying and investigating the paranormal since 1991, has conducted over 250 investigations throughout the United States, Canada and Scotland. Some of his investigations and travels have taken to some of the most haunted places in the world, including the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, the Crescent Hotel in Alcaraz, Alcaraz, Wavy Hills Sanatorium in Kentucky, and the Emperor Vaults in Scotland, just to name a few. Greg published his first book, Insights into the Unknown, A Ghost Hunter's Journey, in 2015, and has written chapters for the Amazing Paranormal Encounters, Volume 3 and Volume 4, and Encounters with the Paranormal, Volume 3. He is currently writing his second book, Roads into the Unknown, A Ghost Hunter's Journey Continues, which should be out by the fall of 2018. Greg also does lectures, presentations on the paranormal throughout northwest Ohio, and Greg is currently the resident paranormal investigator at the Ohio State Reformery in Mansfield, Ohio, and the former ghost hunt manager at the haunted old St. Joseph Hospital in Lorraine, Ohio. And hi, Greg. <laughs> Mark, how are you doing? Um, now, first thing I'm going to ask you, you mentioned that you used to be a police officer. Did you? Yes. Did you? Was you able to sense things at, when you was a police officer? No, no, I, I couldn't sense anything paranormal. Uh, basically, I could just read uh, people's uh, body language and. Uh, knew when somebody was lying to me. But I could never, uh, I'm not a sensitive or psychic or anything. Uh, I just like to uh, use my own common sense and my senses to experience the the paranormal. I see you've done quite a few investigations. What was the most interesting one you've ever done? Oh, I've had a lot of those. Uh, the interesting ones uh, when I have are when I have physical contact, and that's happened at about four or five different places. I've been uh, slapped, I've been shoved, I've been hit in the head, I've been uh, what felt like I had my throat slashed, and those are pretty intense when stuff like that happens to you. What is the scariest place or ghost you've ever encountered? Um, the, the, the scariest place is, and I only call this scary because of what happened to me, was a place called the Rhodes Hotel in Atlanta, Indiana. That's where it felt like I had a... Uh, a, a physical attack. Uh, it, 
felt like somebody took a knife and slashed my throat. And there was, you know, assaults and murders at this hotel, you know, in the, the roaring 20s here in the United States. And who knows, I could have been experiencing something that somebody, you know, 80 years ago may have experienced. But it was really, really intense. And at the time, it was painful, too. I, I looked at your book the other day, your first book, The Insights into the Unknown, A Ghost Hunter's Journey. I quite enjoyed reading the first chapter. Can you tell me a little bit more how you went about writing your book? Well, well, let me start off by saying that English was always my worst subject in school. And I never thought that I would be, you know, writing a book. But, uh, you know, since I've been involved in the paranormal for so long, I've been on other radio shows. And one of the things that the host always asks is, have you written a book? And I would always have to say, well, no, I haven't. It came to the point where I had enough material to write a book, and that's how I came about writing the book. And uh, I just mostly did it for myself because it was something that I wanted to do for a long time. It's like a cathartic process, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Imagine as yeah. you, I imagine as you was writing, you could, you, you, it brought back where you was at the time and place. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You you ha you have to uh, take yourself back. And uh, I mean, it, it took me a long time to write the book uh, because you would get in these moods where you know I would write you know a couple pages and then I would you know I wouldn't do anything for like three months or so and then I write a couple more. But toward the end, um, it's like I wrote for like two months straight. That's all I was doing was just writing, writing, and which was really enjoyable for me. And that's how my second book is. Uh, the, these last couple months, I've just been writing and writing. And in fact, I just finished my last chapter today. So I'm real happy about that. I should look forward to reading that one. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a good read. Well, as I said, I did find the first chapter very interesting. Thank you. And I, 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 yes, I sent you the link of the chapter that I read for you. Mm-hmm. Which, as I say, I like to do that for people, because I, 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 I like, if someone's got a book, I think it's nice just to give people a feel of what it's like, and hopefully they'll think, great, I'll go out and buy that. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And, you know, I've written, read a lot of books on the paranormal. And a lot of them are other people's stories or his, histories that people have heard about at different locations. Uh, the difference between those books and my books is mine are all personal accounts. These are all my experiences in my investigations. Uh, they're pretty much not anybody else's. So I think that's what sets my book apart. Because, you know, out here in the United States, we have, like, the Ohio State Reformatory and a place called Trans-Allegheny. And a lot of people, when they write books, they put those places in their books and just the stories that they've heard from them. Uh, 
and uh, I, I didn't do that. I, I travel a lot to haunted locations, and that, that's how I decided to write my book, through my personal experiences. What was it like being the resident paranormal investigator at the um, state referee? Well, well, I'm there all the time, so let's put it that way. Uh, I'm usually there at least three times a week. And, I I mean, you meet a lot lot of great people. Uh, You can help a lot of great people. Um, It's a great place to visit. And and you don't have to uh, do one of our ghost hunts. You can do a a self-guided day tour during the day. Uh, there's a lot of history there. If you've ever seen the movie The Shawshank Redemption, uh, a lot of the movie was filmed at the Ohio State Reformatory. And I just love it. Sometimes I just love wandering around the building by myself. Um, it's I feel safe there. I, I've never felt threatened. And it, it's just a really cool place. Everybody should go visit the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio. You also worked at the haunted old St. Joseph Hospital. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now that place, that that was uh, it, it, it was an abandoned hospital, which it still is. Uh, it's been closed for like twenty years. And uh, we used to do, we used to investigate that place all the time. Then we started doing uh, public ghost hunts and private ghost hunts, and every year we did a psychic and paranormal fair. But I do have to say, that is one of the most haunted locations I have ever been to. Uh, That place uh, never disappointed. Uh, I've been slapped there a couple times. We've had skeptic investigators see full-bodied apparitions standing in front of them, uh, stuff thrown at us, shadows, door slamming. It was just like almost a nightly occurrence when we were there. Something crazy would happen. Uh, I love the place, but uh, due to circumstances beyond our control, we had to shut it down for the private ghost hunts. Even though my team, we can still go investigate, but uh, that's a crazy, crazy place. Did it have um, inmates that were deemed insane? At at the Ohio State Reformatory? Yes. I'm sure that there were inmates who were, you know, a little bit off the rocker. Uh, It was a little bit different in the United States back then. Uh, Back then, uh, if they did think somebody was mentally ill, they can put them in a mental hospital which, you know, you, you don't do that today a- anymore. But, uh, no, I, there were a lot of, lot of inmates that went through that prison. I believe the, the count was like 155,000 uh, since the prison opened in 1896 until it closed in 1990. Yeah. So, you know, with all that uh, amount, amount of uh, inmates, yeah, yeah. What inspired you to get into the paranormal? Pardon? What inspired you to... What inspired me? Well, when I was a kid, I mean, I I never had any paranormal experiences. I I did have one experience that I thought was uh, like a UFO, uh, which is in my first book. 
but uh, I, I was just so interested in, you know, the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot and aliens and UFOs and all that, the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, I used to read everything I could get on. Um, so it was just pretty much reading everything. And that's what really got me interested in the paranormal. And uh, in 1991, I was able to do my first investigation uh, because one of my fellow police officers, he believed his house was haunted and he knew I was into all that stuff. So we kind of like did a little investigation in his house. And that, that was my first investigation ever. And, uh, you know, we captured s something weird. Um, and that, that story is in the book too. Um, it's, and then it's just taken off since then. I, I just, I just love the paranormal and, and trying to figure out things. And of course, being a retired police officer, you know, you're always trying to solve a crime and that's what I do private homes. I'm trying to solve the riddle of what's going on in these private homes and businesses. I was going to say, it must be a very useful skill to use when you're going into the um, investigation that you can use your, go back to your police skills as such when you're doing them. Oh, oh, uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, it, it really comes in handy. Uh, I mean, like I said, you, I can read people's body language, you know, when we go to a house. Um, you know, I, I can't can sort of tell if they're telling us the truth or if they're lying just for attention. Uh, and I, I'm the type of uh, investigator who goes into these locations not believing a house is haunted. I go in there always assuming that there has to be a logical explanation. Um, and that's what we do first. We always try to find the logical explanations for a haunting and which happens probably at least 50% of the time when we go into our private home we can figure out what's going on and what's causing the activity that they believe is paranormal yes, I, I, I've read I've studied um, as much as I can paranormal because my um, way of getting into the paranormal is because I had a near-death experience myself that's what got oh. me into paranormal. That'll do it. I, I, I've got, got a friend who's the, the same, same way. She had a near-death experience, and then she, that's how she got into the, the paranormal. Well, it draws you to it because, well, as a, uh, well I'll go into the brief details because you may not know. I basically went, I had a blood count of one, two, four. That's when I got it. But, um... I went to the hospital, I was there for three weeks, and whilst I was in the coma I heard a woman's voice I've never heard before or since, and I seriously think that was my spirit guide or guardian angel, you can't convince me any different, and also whilst I was in the coma, I was either in the real world or the other realm, and that's why I call myself aka Ghostman. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I, I, I did not know that. And it's like this near-death experiences. I mean, that changes people's lives. Yes, although they're very different experiences, we're all the same, that we've all been drawn 
more and more into the paranormal because we've all touched it. Right. I imagine yeah. your friend will say the same. Oh, I'm sorry. I imagine your friend will end up saying the same. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You know, that's how she, in fact, that's how we, we met her, it was through the paranormal, and then, you know, she told us her story, and she's even, I believe, written some books about it. So, yeah, it really changes people's lives. Have you ever come across what they technically call a dark spirit? I have never, ever come across any... Uh, for lack of a better term, demonic entities. Uh, we do have what some people consider negative entities. Um, and I, I, in my experience, I think it's pretty rare. Uh, I think people believe that they have demonic spirits in their homes or businesses, mainly because of movies and television. I've, I mean, we've had a lot of people claim that they have dark spirits there and they're demonic. And when we show up, a lot of times there's logical explanations. But I think people get a lot of what they believe in their daily lives through television and movies. They, they take those for reality. Now, I do believe it happens, but I, I believe that it, they're extremely rare cases. Because I read the other day, I was reading about the exorcism of the exorcist. Do you remember the film The Exorcist? Uh -huh. I looked into the real story. The, right. Obviously, the person in the story is a, a boy, not a girl. And uh -huh. they had over, I think, I, I can't remember correctly, over 70 exorcisms. Uh -huh. And the boy couldn't remember nothing after the event. Or only uh -huh. minor things. And I just thought, how how powerful this event must have been. Yeah, yeah. And, and see, you know, an event like that, I mean, it gets, you know, that's well known. Uh, people hear about it. And, I mean, if, if there was real, really, really something going on in somebody's home, uh, other people would hear about it. Uh, sometimes it's hard to keep it hush-hush. Uh, but I, I think if it happened more often, we would hear about it more often. But, uh, you know, a, a lot of it, too, is power of, of suggestion. I mean, we've had cases where we've been called to a home where somebody else was there, either a psychic or another team, and they've told our clients that their house is extremely haunted and there's demons there. And they really believe that. So power of suggestion uh, really plays a lot into what people believe is going on in, in their homes. Um, but like I said, it, it, I believe they're extremely rare. I've never come across them, even though we've had people claim that it's happening in their home. Yeah, most people say that the ghosts are probably just people just a bit upset that you've come in their home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and here's something too. This is what I what I believe. I mean, I I've been uh, like I said, uh, going back to that one incident at the Rhodes Hotel where I was uh, felt like it was sl uh, slashed with a knife. 
that could have been something that's called residual in the paranormal field, a residual haunting. I could have been feeling something that somebody experienced 80-some years ago or 100 year, years ago. Um, there's nothing that says that, you know, there, there was a negative entity there trying to stab me. Um, I've been, uh, you know, shoved and uh, pushed and slapped, but does that necessarily mean that they were negative? I mean, here we are, we're in these buildings trying to communicate with them, and maybe that's how they're communicating, you know? It's, I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't take any of the, the physical attacks against me as negative. I just take it as they're trying to make contact, like we're trying to make contact. Do you think that our ability to feel or see paranormal may have come from early man? Hmm. Well, I never thought of that. I, I know some things uh, that people consider paranormal or not are from early man, such as a phenomenon called pareidolia. Well, pareidolia is the ability to see, to see faces in everyday objects. And uh, we are, which is not paranormal. I've had people send photos to me and say, hey, there's a face in the window or there, there's this face there. But we are hardwired since birth to see and recognize faces. I mean, the first thing we see when we're born is a doctor's face or a mother's face, and that's what we always see. Um, I, I don't think we're hardwired for that. I just think some people are more open to it. And I do know that for centuries, you know, people have been seeing ghosts and talking about, you know, hauntings. But, uh, no, that, and that's a good question, and I don't have an answer, but I, I would think that we're probably not. Well, I read in the paper today, in an English paper, about something I didn't know existed, about people who've had sex with ghosts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, let's see, the, the female ghost is called an incubus. No, the, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The male spirit, ghost, demon, whatever you want to call it, is called an incubus, and the female ghost, spirit, demon, is called a succubus. And there are people who claim that, uh, you know, they get attacked sexually by ghosts and spirits. And in fact, there, there's a movie out, uh, I mean, I, it, I think it's from like the 70s or the 80s called The Entity which was supposed to, uh, supposedly based on a true story of that exact same thing. But we've never come across that. I was asked the other day what I thought about reincarnation. And I said, I'm not too sure if it... My theory is that a bit like the Buddha, like, uh, Buddhism, a little bits of us, are moved on, not the totally all of us. But I'm not too sure about reincarnation myself. Yeah, you know what? Part of me, and, and this is, and this is how I see a lot, lot of things. Part of me says, why not? You know, why, why couldn't we be re reincarnated? I mean, we have no idea 
you know, what goes on or what happens after death. Uh, we don't know if you have the choice or the ability to come back if you so desire. But I do know I have read and seen cases that are pretty compelling where people claim that they were reincarnated and they know facts and incidents that happened that they had no way of knowing that this stuff happened before. So, you know, there's something to it. And part of me is like, yeah, sure, why not? Anything's possible in the paranormal world. Yeah, I think I'll have to do a bit more research or at least try and get hold of someone that's has yes. had been reincarnated and like really do a, a proper interview with them. I probably would learn more. Oh, that that would be so interesting. Like I said, especially if you found somebody, you know, who was you know claims that they're reincarnated, and they can tell you what happened, you know, during their past life. No, I think it's interesting. I I, I looked at the there was a science thing I looked at the other day because I like to look in the science with uh, into paranormal as well. They did a, a scientific test on a Ouija board, on the pancetta, is it that correct term? The little um, wooden bit, they move towards the letters. Alright, uh, I've got my feelings about the Ouija board, and uh, since you brought that up, uh, to me, I don't think Ouija boards are a door to open to the other side. Uh, I think it's just a game. I think the, the pochette that, uh, the, or the planchette that, that you put your fingers on, I think those are unconscious impulses uh, from our bodies that uh, guide you to what you want to hear. Um, Ouija boards, as far as I know, were, were just a game until a movie came out, I believe it was 1973, 1974, that you mentioned earlier called The Exorcist. Well, The Exorcist had a Ouija board as part of the movie, and they used that as a, an open door for the demon to get into Reagan. But up until then, in my research, Ouija boards were not considered considered evil. So there again, it's movies that are dictating what is real and what is not. Uh, the same thing, I mean, we've all heard of vampires and werewolves and all that stuff, you know, and... Uh, you know, people believe, there, there's people that believe in werewolves and there's people that believe in vampires. And there's people that believe that there, there are certain ways to kill, like, like a werewolf. Like a, everybody knows a silver bullet kills a werewolf. I mean, that, that, that's what they say. But that, that was added by the, the producers of the, the movie, the original The Wolfman. Um, they added that in there. Same with, with uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. You know, killing a, a vampire is was written in 
to the movies and it wasn't in the original book. And obviously, you know, that, that book's uh, fiction. Um, so I think what a lot, a lot of people believe that they get from the movies. And Ouija boards, to me, are no different than somebody using a dowsing rod trying to communicate, somebody using a pendulum trying to communicate, or somebody doing a seance, or even somebody just sitting there with an audio recorder saying, hey, what's your name? Did you die here? Uh, I think it's all the same, and I, I don't think it's evil. I, I, I think the, the end results are the same. I, I quite agree with you in certain respects, but I do know that trouble is, is um, myths and legends, there's always an element of truth somewhere in there. Yes. Mm. And like everything, yes. it's a bit like you go fishing, you catch a fish. And it's only three inches long. Well, you're not going to go back and say, oh, I caught three inches long fish. Because you think it's not very impressive. So you exaggerate a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. And I think that's what happens over time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that 100%. You know, and I, I, I think some people, too. I mean, you know, the, the paranormal is real. I mean, I, I don't care if you believe it in or, or not. The paranormal is real. Hauntings are real. Um, you know, I'm still kind of a skeptic, too, when it comes to what's causing it. But it does happen. I can tell you, we've received uh, and recorded disembodied voices on audio tape, our digital recorders. Uh, I've had physical contact Um you know, and there's, you know, found smells, and you see a shadow person, you see an apparition. You know, that stuff does happen. And how do you explain it? You know, uh, skeptics, of course, you know, they're going to be a skeptic, you know, until something happens to them. My dad, my, my dad, who, who's been deceased now for 10 years, uh, him and I used to get into arguments about the, the paranormal. I claimed that it was real, and he claimed, no, it's not real. You know, it's just on your imagination. It doesn't happen, blah, blah, blah. Well, he changed his mind when they moved into a, um, a house in M Missouri, and weird stuff started to happen. Then he changed his mind. He was a non-believer, but when stuff started happening, then he turned into a believer. So, I mean, this stuff does happen. I don't really have any explanations for it, but like I tell people during my presentations, it doesn't matter what you believe. This stuff is real, and it does happen. Yes, there's a lot. It's like you said earlier about when you were saying about UFOs, Bigfoot, and such things. There's so much evidence out there, and say like a hundred cases. Now that people could dismiss, say ninety percent of them, mm -hmm. but that ten percent. Cannot be explained. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A exactly. And how, how do you... Ex I mean, we get requests for uh, investigations at least one, once a week. Uh, once, uh, two times a week. Now, something is going on in these homes. Now, the majority of them, there is logical explanations. But we've investigated homes where... You know, it's like there was no other logical explanation. You know, how do you explain this voice that was identifiable by the homeowners? You know, that's, 
you know that that stuff is just it just boggles my mind that uh, you know what does happen to us when, when we die. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people. You know, they they see a light, and they go to the light, and there's others who are afraid to go to the light, and they're stuck in this like limbo, and. You know, it's one of the greatest mysteries of our lifetime. Well, my theory is, and this is just a theory, that God is like a white energy light, and then when we die, our light joins his light like a hive. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a very interesting theory. You know, and, and, and who knows? I mean, your theory could, could be right. And that's when, when I do my presentations, you know, people always ask me, well, what do you think this is and what do you think that is? And I'm like, I can give you my opinion and my theory, but it doesn't mean it's right. It's just what I believe in. And everybody, and, and nobody knows. Nobody knows, you know, what happens. You know, what happens to us when we die? Where, where do we go? And I know a lot, a lot of people, you know, they have faith and they, you know, they believe we go, go to heaven, but there is no proof. There's no scientific proof. There's no scientific proof to say what happens to us after uh, uh, we die. It's a bit like Star Trek. It's the final frontier. Yes, <laughs> you got it. It's the final frontier. And you know what? We're all going to know someday. So I always say to people, when they say about all the troubles in the world, I always say, well, basically, we're all the same. Because we live and oh, yeah. we die. We are all the same. And, and this, you know what, we all had different cultures and different languages, different beliefs. But we all laugh and smile the same and we all cry the same. Do you ever have problems with, say, when you paranormal groups that don't mix with each other sometimes, like with information, sometimes they won't share it with you? There are groups that are, like, closed-minded and closed off from other groups. Now, our group, Tri-C Ghost Hunters, we are not like that. Uh, we like working with other groups and we keep in contact with other groups i'm friends with the other members of uh, other groups because you know what there's no experts in the fields as far as i'm concerned and we're always learning new and different things and you learn that from other investigators who are doing the same thing um, I, I've learned a lot, lot of stuff from other investigators, and I'll share stuff with them. I mean, when I'm uh, down at Mansfield, uh, the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, I'm always sharing my knowledge with other teams and other groups. And, uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy working down there, because I can do a lot of networking. I can meet a lot of new people. I, we can share ideas. And, uh, I mean... That's how you advance in a field. You got to network and share ideas because we're all pretty much trying to figure out the same thing. So why be close knit about it? I, I I don't understand that. Me too. I don't understand that. I quite agree with you. We're all the same, and basically we should share and 
share alike. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have a very controversial theory, which okay. uh, um, it's not offensive, but it doesn't mean to be offensive. Now my controversial theory is that God is a schizophrenic. Now I'll go into details why. In the Bible, don't quote me for word for word, but it says that we are made in God's image. Now, we are both good and evil, and that is why I think God is schizophrenic. I think he's both good and evil. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there again, who knows, but, you know, according to the Bible, too, now, I'm not, you know, a scholar on, on the Bible or anything like that, but isn't that why there's Satan? Satan makes us do all the evil things. You know, and is that is that why, um, you know, and, and here's the thing, and this is in my second book, I, I talk about this in my second book, how it doesn't matter what religion you believe in, all religions have their good, their God who is good, and then God's adversary who is bad. Every religion has that. Do you think it's because we need it? I think... And there, there again, it, it depends on what you believe in. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Satan was probably invented. And, and I, I guess, if anything, uh, you, you would call me an agnostic, only because I, I need proof of something. Uh I, I don't have a lot, a lot of faith like an, a, a lot of other people do, but so I, I guess you could call me ag, agnostic. But uh, I, I think that people could have created Satan to um, give them reasons for why they're doing bad things. Well, Satan made me do it. You know, the devil made me do it. It's like they won't take responsibility for their own a- actions, and they blame it on something else, some external force. And, it, it, you know, it, it, it's happened here, you know, with serial killers. I mean, there's serial killers who say that, you know, the, the devil told me to do this. And there's even serial killers who said God told me to do this. So, I mean, it, it's... It's all confusing to me. Let's put it that way. Well, I just think it's fascinating how I, I, I also find it fascinating it's that when every whenever people have a, a a serious problem in their life, they always turn to prayer. Mm-hmm. No matter what belief you believe in, we all turn to it at a moment right. of crisis. I mean, I, and, and does prayer work? Yeah, but I, I think, you know, prayer does work, um, you know, in one form or, or another, but I, I, I can't explain it. Um, there, there again, you know, they say that we only use just a portion of our brain. Uh, and we've got uh, a lot of the brain that, that we don't use and don't know how to use yet. So maybe there's something with that. Or, you know, may, maybe, you know, and you do pray to God, maybe he does uh, hear you and, uh, you know, 
and, and helps you. But you, you got you got to look at it the other way too. There's a lot of people who pray, and their prayers don't come true. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I quite agree with you there. I think it's just like I think it's like everything. You look at disasters in the world and how people go out of their way to volunteer mm-hmm. of their own fruition to go and help these people. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. You know what? Deep down, I think most humans are good people. I mean, I really believe that every person on this planet would probably help another person in need you know like a tragedy striking you know people come together for that and people who would have been enemies or hated each other they come together to help their their fellow human being so that that's I mean that's a good thing and sometimes I wish they would show that on the news more than the bad stuff I quite agree with you because I think it's forgotten how much good there is in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? And, and that's the problem, too. You know, with, in today's society, everybody likes to hear the bad stuff. That's why the news only tells you the bad stuff. I mean, that's, I, I really don't watch the news anymore because all they tell you is bad stuff. And I don't want to hear that. I want to hear the good that's going on. And maybe if they, you know, broadcast that more, maybe there would be more harmony in the world and we would get along better. They could always do a good news section, couldn't they? Like, they could do all the main bit and they could just say, oh, here is a a bit of good news. Yeah. But, you know, there there again, I mean, deep down, humans are, they're, they're good people, but... You know, there's still that side of them. It's like when you get people want to see when the, the, the people just love looking at a bad accident. You know, I mean, look how many people want to crowd around and see a, a bad accident. It's just that we have that morbid fascination too. You know, with, with death and and gore. I mean, look at all the horror, horror movies that are out. They're, they're out there because of the gore, and people just love that stuff. Uh, so it, it, it's funny because on one side they're like, oh, you know, we'll help our fellow being. And then on the other side, they're like, oh my God, let's go see what happened to that guy in that accident. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it is strange. Well, Horror to me is like comedy because I think it, it, it's like our release system. We like to be mm-hmm. horrified and we like to laugh at things. And sometimes... We can't understand why we find something funny. You just right. do. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, you talk about what's funny. I mean, you look at these old uh, Universal movies that, you know, came out in the 30s, like, you know, The Mummy and The Wolfman and Dracula and Frankenstein. Back then, people were terrified of those movies. They thought those movies were scary. Now we look, you, you can show a six-year-old, uh, you know, Frankenstein, and he's just going to laugh. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just, and I think we've become so numb to the violence that those horror movies with all the gore, it, it, it doesn't bother us. 
No, I quite, you know, I quite agree. I like a good, I like a good old-fashioned ghost story, one that they, you get really into the story, and then you get yes. like a scare. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. You don't need all that blood and gore. I mean, there's enough of it in the news. You don't need it in the movies all the time. But I agree with you. A nice, good ghost story that has that's creepy and that doesn't have blood and gore but has genuine scares I like the a woman in black that was very good mm-hmm yep and they, they used to make some you know, I, I still love watching the old black and white movies uh, and there, there was one that I remembered that that was you know atmospheric and it was kind of creepy and it was just called The Haunting and you know, movies like that are, are you know, they're, they're, for me, I, I enjoy watching them because that's kind of like how it is. You know, I've seen movies where, you know, a ghost story and all of a sudden the, the whole walls and everything turns to blood and there's all this blood gushing around. And I'm like, you just ruined a good movie. And as you know yourself, that these events would probably never happen in what you've come across in your investigation. Right, right, right. That's um, yeah. In fact, one of, one of my favorite movies, um, which it, it it had an R rating, but it wasn't R because of sex, swearing, violence, or anything like that. It was rated R because it was intense. And that was the movie called The Conjuring. Oh, yes, I've seen that. Very scary. Very scary. Yeah, you know what? And they really didn't... I mean, toward the end, you know, uh, I don't want to give it away, but toward the end of the basement, it may may have gotten a little bit uh, overboard. But the rest of the movie was just like, whoa, you know? It just jumped out of the seat. I wasn't expecting that. Those are the type of movies I like. Yeah, the best horror film I've ever watched is The Exorcist, in my opinion. For the I know the, uh, the spinning round bits and all that are real. I, I mean, you know what? I enjoy The Exorcist, but I, I think we're from a different school because I've showed my other people who are younger than me The Exorcist, and like you said before, they just laughed and they're like, that wasn't scary. <laughs> when it first came out, it was horrifying. I think it's because it's the culture thing movie. again, isn't it? That you say yeah, the youngsters of the day are almost immune to violence. Well, yeah. I mean, look at these video games. I mean, they are so realistic and they're, they're, they're violent. So they become immune to seeing all that. I'm not too sure that's a good thing. Well, you know what? I've heard a lot, lot of people say, you know, this violence—it's, you know, it warps kids' minds and they go out and do crazy stuff. And part of me does not agree with that because before there was TV and movies, there were a lot of violent people in in the history of the world. I think you're just you born know. that way because, I mean, you look at it. We were, grew, you grew up like me with Tom and Jerry. 
No, I'm not uh, going to go and drop an anvil on someone's head because I, I know it's going to kill them. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. You know, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner, you know, it's like people were so upset over that too because, you know, the coyotes were always dropping stuff on the, the Roadrunner and he's always getting squished. But I don't, I, 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 know, I, I could be wrong and I know a lot, a lot of people will d disagree with me, but I really don't think that that promotes violence. Uh, I, I think a violent upbringing can promote violence. I mean, you may never have CTV in your life, but if your parents are always beating you and locking in your room, you're going you're going to to learn that. Because how do you explain people like Adolf Hitler, um, you know Genghis Khan, uh, you know even our our uh, outlaws in the old West, you know like Billy the Kid. And, you know, Jesse James, I mean, they were violent people. Uh, how, how do you explain their actions? It, what, they didn't get, get the way they were by watching television or playing video games. Yeah, again, in the Wild how West, I read somewhere that obviously some of their stories have been exaggerated. And the most famous well, outlaw yeah. was a woman. And who was that? I can't remember her name, but... Uh, because it, it was on a program called Horrible Histories. I can't uh -huh. remember her name, but she, she's the most famous outlaw in Wild West history. Wow. Wow. You'll have to look I, it up. Uh, I, I do apologize. Yeah, I'll have to look that, that up too. But, you know, it's like there's just been so much torture and death throughout our history, and most of it's like, you know, because of religion. Uh, and, and, it, and it's sad. Very sad. But it's, it's almost like you know, you know, we are warlike people, and and uh, we we do like uh, seeing other people suffer, even though there is a good side to us. Um, I mean, it's happened throughout the centuries. I mean, look at the slaves, and I'm not talking about the American slaves too. I'm talking about slaves in almost every culture. You know, the Egyptians, the, the Romans, the, they all had slaves. And how do you treat people that are that maybe don't have it as well off as you? How do you treat them like that? But, you know, that's just that's just how we are. I mean, we're just... And right, right now, there's so many people in, in this world, too, that it, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, you know, back then, during the time of the Roman Empire, the population was, I don't know what it was, but, you know, it, it was a lot smaller back then, and they still had a lot of violence. Well, I know that the figure of the number of people was is in the billions, but it's like where I live, I mean, I live in a very rural place. And if you um, mm -hmm. see like 20 people in the, up in the village, that's busy. I used to live yes. in South End on Sea, mm -hmm. where thousands of people used to visit. I got used mm -hmm. to that. But when I went right. to London some time ago, it's like stepping into another world. Because mm -hmm. suddenly there's a sea of people. Oops, I'm shutting down. Wait a minute. I'll come back to you in a sec. Right, Greg, tell, tell me a little bit about your organizations that you belong to. Hi, are you talking about my team, Tri-C Ghost Hunters? Yes, correct. Oh, okay. 
Okay, well, try and see Ghost Hunters. Uh, we were established in January of 2013. I believe there were about eight of us that first started. And right now we have 47 members. And we call ourselves Tri-C, three C's, because we have a team in Cleveland, Ohio, one in Canton, Ohio, and one in Columbus, Ohio. So that's why we call ourselves uh, Tri-C Ghost Hunters. And um, we stay real busy. We, uh, we used to have the hospital that we used to do constantly, but uh, we do conventions. Uh, I do presentations, and uh, we do a lot of private homes and businesses. And then we do what we call our fun investigations, our fun trips, where you know, we, we just go to haunted locations uh, just to see if we can capture something. Well, it must be a very fascinating area that you cover. Well, you, you know what? In the United States here, a lot of people claim that Ohio is the most haunted state in America. And I tend to agree with that because in research for my, my, my second book, I'm looking for locations that offer private and public ghost hunts. You know, someplace where you'll go pay a certain amount of money and they will rent the place out to you until like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning where you just go and investigate. Uh, I've got, I found about right around 100 locations in the United States that do do that, but there are about 25 of them just in the state of Ohio. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot here. I, have you got such a thing over America? As you know, in Britain, we've got ley lines. Have you got something similar over there? Uh, I, I believe so. Uh, a lot of, you know, we, we have areas here that uh, are more active or spiritually and paranormally. Um, like one, one of the most haunted cities, small cities in America, is considered Athens, Ohio. And they claim, now I, I, I can't remember the proper terminology that they use, uh, vortexes or something like that. Uh, and it's probably not the same thing as ley lines. Um, but yeah, there's certain areas that where something crosses, there's a lot more activity. We have that in uh, Athens, Ohio, out in Arizona near the Grand Canyon. There's a place called Sedona. Um, so, I mean, there, there's other locations, too. Uh, but I'm not real, real familiar with that to actually say yes or no. I just know we have some cities just because of where they're lo located are a little bit more active than others. Would you like to mention your groups while you're when you're on the show, where people can find you? What the, the, the group name? Yeah, where people can go and see, find you out, and look you up oh, and that sure. kind of thing. Sure. Well, our our team uh, website is www.tcghohio.org. And there's, you know, tells all about the team, the team members, uh, you know, our schedule of events and our past investigations. Uh, we also have a, uh, a Facebook 
page, just Tri C Ghost Hunters on Facebook, and I have my own personal website for my books and my talks and presentations, and that is G E Faketic. That's F E K E T I K. Oh, what what is I? I never go there, so <laughs> I dot Wix site. That's W I X S I T E dot com slash author. That's my personal website, and people can also get there from uh, the Tri C Ghost Hunters website. And uh, I I just have a private uh, Facebook page, just like everybody else. Yes, uh, well that's how I found you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, did you find did you find us through Facebook? How how did you find us? Well, I'll tell you how I do my scientific method of finding how how to do a guess for my shows. It's very scientific. I basically look in Messenger, look down the names, and I look, I go on the the Messenger bit and press the ID thing that goes to profile. I look at the profile. And I think, ah, oh, that looks interesting. I wonder if they would do a podcast with me or radio show with me. I just basically go, hi, my name is da-da-da, would you like to do a podcast with me? And most people say, yeah, all right. Sure, well, that's a good way. And it worked. It does work most of the time, yeah. I mean, you're going to get the odd person going to say, go away, but probably less right. less polite than that. But I won't go, I don't <laughs> like swearing, so. I was brought up, but my granddad always used to say, be nice to people, be polite, be kind, and you'll get very far in this world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, you have to be nice and kind. I mean, you know, and life's too short. Very true. We, all, we never know how short it is until something happens to you. No. You know, they could be having a hard day and there's things going wrong for them and you know, that's why you should, you should treat everybody with respect and kindness and you know, it goes a long way. Well, Greg, I'd like to thank you and there's a little thing I like to do to end my shows. It's something I just do. Um, don't worry, it's nothing too off kilter. Okay. Are you ready? You're not going to have me sing, are you? Yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> uh, that was just a guess. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Thank you, Greg, for being on my show. It was very interesting to let you know. I look forward to your next book. I'll give it a read. And if you give me the chapter, I'll do it for you for free. Thank you. Thank you. I thought you were going to have me sing, and I'm like, oh gosh, you don't want. Me no, to no, 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 no. Only the guest wants to. I never, I never force it. Well, uh, that was good. Yeah, I really enjoyed being on your show. It, it, it was fun. Thank you for doing this for me. And uh, I like to. You're very welcome, Mark. I like to say ta-ta. All right. Bye. You have a great evening. Okay. You too.